Hello and welcome to episode 84 of Zion's Finest. This is Kenny Brown and I'm joined by my brother Ben Barnum from Omaha, Nebraska. Hey there. Ben is back. Uh, dedicated listeners will remember our Searching for Bobby Skywalker episode where Ben gave an awesome um, comparison discussion analogy between chess and Imperial Assault. has been a theme that we've been building on. The big, the big takeaway I think for everybody was talking about queen pieces, but there was a lot of uh, general strategy that we've kind of been trying to build on in our more recent episodes. It definitely helped me reframe the way I thought about IA. So listeners will remember that. Before we get into our episode, a few things. First off, if you are a patron, remember to order your pat, uh, Patreon supporter kit from the Etsy page. I'll include a link for it in the show notes. As soon as you order it, except for this weekend because we're doing our regional, I should be able to get it out to you um, that night, and you should get it within a few days. It'll have everything that you are supposed to have. In addition, we're currently so I'm currently recording this in my ancestral home in Hoytsville. My brother, so you might have heard our episode that we released yesterday. I've got Drew, Grant, and Joey here at my folks' house here in Hoytsville. So if you hear horses or shotguns or dogs or something like that, that is what it is. I am not recording in a trailer. I am merely surrounded by country. But Ben. <laughs> For those uh, who are new listeners, would you mind giving yourself just a quick reintroduction and then we'll dive into your game with DT? Sure, yeah. Um, I've played for, so I, well, I, I played for like a year and a half. Um, I started uh, in, yeah, August of 17 and um, messed around for a while, kind of uh, got my butt kicked at regionals. It made me sort of bone up on what really was going on with the meta, listen to podcasts, get to know people. Went to Worlds, uh, did pretty well there. Um, I got, uh, I finished in the top 32, uh, so that was kind of my first real moment where I thought, okay, maybe I've got some chops here. And um, spent the summer messing around with Chewbacca lists, uh, and then the fall uh, trying to run Han and Chewie together. And um, that that you know was was not as successful as I'd wanted it to be. So with this um, Basel tournament, I thought I'd I'd finally give uh, Scum Hunters a shot. Uh, I talked about it in the other episode, but um, I'd seen Luca run a nine act list, and I was sort of intrigued by the chance to do um, a little bit of a defensive build. And um, I guess you know if if part of the chess analogy is queen pieces, the other half would maybe be pawns and. Uh, I really like the idea of these Jawas running around as pawns um, with their, like, you know, harass strain uh, surge and the e was like, a surprisingly tanky figure against anything but a but an alpha shot. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of played a ton of positional games through through the tournament. Um, and uh, the, the list is a pain uh, in the neck to run, and it's, I think, a pain in the neck to run against. I, I don't know if I'm going to keep it, but... Um, yeah, what did you run at Worlds? At Worlds, I ran um, Han Rangers with Mock splashed in for spy flavor, and I had a okay. couple of like, uh, like I swapped out heightened reflexes for run for cover and a couple other weird changes. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if those were great choices either, but uh, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You, li- you live and you learn. Okay, so um, what we'll do is, would you like to talk about more details about your list, or would you prefer to just jump right into your game with DT? Uh, up to you. I think the yeah the the big thing is I was I, I had three or four cards like uh, trying to build toward a little more defensiveness. So toxic dart to kind of um, resonate with the evade from three PO's distracting the evade from ONRs get down. Um, I had set for stun, which is janky and needs to be overruled, but until it is, everyone should run it. Um, exactly. Yeah, and I had uh, brace yourself, which is not brace for impact. Uh, brace yourself mm-hmm. is the zero point card from Dangar's pack uh, that adds two blocks if and only if you're being attacked outside the attacker's activation. So a yeah. Spectre Cell tap, Han or Vader end of rounds. Um, the, the one thing my list can do, or any, any scum list can do, is Greedo can actually set it off on himself. Uh, and yep. sort of live through a slow on the draw shot in a surprising way. Um, yeah, uh, but but by you know if, if that's what you're using it for, um, it's pretty suboptimal. But even then, like if if Greedo gets an extra shot uh, out of a zero point card down the down the line somewhere, it's good use. Absolutely, totally. And I would uh, encourage everybody. So this is episode eighty four. Episode eighty three will be your Swiss report that you've recorded and sent to me. I'll record an intro and outro for that. But I encourage everyone to because I assume you you gave more details and people will get a general f- flavor, like a wide ranging flavor for the list. Yeah, and it's meta performance. Yeah, it, it's a that. super rough take. Um, 
it, 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 I, I try to keep it really short, so it's only like 33 minutes, and I kind of ramble and rush through a lot of stuff. Um, but hopefully it at least gives people a little bit of flavor. So Awesome. Good. Very, very cool. All right, well, then let's uh, dive. So I, I assume you also you discussed like the general overview of the Vassal Tournament. It was a four rounds, four rounds of Swiss, and then a cut to top four, or cut to top eight, correct? Well, it was a cut to 12. Um, challenges, so we used an online platform called Challenge with an O in the middle. Yeah. Um, it's great. And in terms of reporting games and like just giving people an easy way to check in with scores, uh, their tie breaks are a little different. So it it wasn't totally clear. I mean, it it definitely was not like FFG strength of schedule tie breaks. And then in round four, as more people finished their games and as people started to play round five games, like the, the people that were in the top eight spots were kind of shifting around a little bit because, um, you know, the, the, the strength of their opponents was shifting. And then, uh, like, even without that, pe- people weren't really clear on how, like, games were not consistently reported. So, like, a forfeited game where the opponent never showed up might be scored 40 to 0, which matters on a point-based tiebreaker. Um, oh, yeah. Or it might sure. be scored 1 to 0, which matters. In the, so, JK resolved that, I think, really well by doing a gentleman's cut. So, top four were just seated into the round of eight, which is the, the cut size you have in the... 42 person tournament uh the, okay. the next four spots for top eight were wild card games with with you know slots five through 12 so that, oh, cool. that probably got us you know really close to whoever you know would have earned their way in in a fantasy flight tournament i i would also encourage people so the this this tournament was a little weird because it happened over the holidays and it was kind of it was really hard i was only able to play i think two of my games just yeah. because scheduling was was really was tricky but even with that being the case i think these tournaments are so awesome because it wasn't actually a very long period of time in terms of uh you know i think it was a month or so maybe maybe two maybe or maybe like six weeks i can't remember it wasn't a crazy long amount of time and it was an awesome way to quickly uh concisely have a schedule for like when you would be playing games with a set list Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. So even if so, for those of you who have never played Vassal or just are worried about the commitment, it is no problem. Like I only played two of my games and I dropped my other two, right? And so uh, I think I dropped two. I might have dropped three, mm-hmm. but like there is no problem with that. You're just giving your opponents wins, yeah, and right. you know they're obviously not gonna they're not gonna whine about that. So it's a great way to get involved in Vassal or just get reps in if you are are looking for that. Yeah, so. I, I think the other thing about it was. Um, the, it, like a lot of people were were teching up for regionals, and so um, it, it was a little bit informal, and it, it was sort of formal in that you you had the same deployments, and you know actually played wins and losses. Yeah. It was a little informal in that a lot of people were shifting cards around in the early rounds, and like you, no one really wanted anyone to get stuck with like a, a list that wasn't going to perform the way they were hoping to, to learn how to perform for regionals. So. Um, it was an interesting like community exercise, I think, and like working together and figuring it out. Uh, also, like I mean, yeah, you had a lot cool. of players there who had won store championships, regionals. I mean, world champion Daniel Taylor was there, and um, really yeah. like high caliber games. So it was awesome, great, uh, a great, great format, great tournament. Okay, let's dive into your game sure. with TT. Yeah, I'm I'm actually loading it up uh, in the background here as we talk. Um, so quick. Thing I'll say about uh, getting red. So w- another good thing about a Vassal tournament is um, I-, I think part of the practice it gives you that you can't really get any other way um, is that uh, you 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 slow down um, and think through your matchups. So um, like. It- you know, ordinarily in a, in a tournament, you, you maybe have like three to four minutes to kind of look across the table, figure out what you're up against, come up with a strategy. Uh, with a Vassal tournament, like JK was rolling up the maps and saying like, okay, here's what you're going to, um, you know, be playing. And um, so yeah. you, you could like think through it. You could talk to the person a little bit if you wanted to. Um, I, I may owe Scott Nelson an apology because I like kind of scratched my head and like you know drew up what i thought his command card list was and sent him a picture of it and was like i bet i'm playing against this and um i I didn't mean to psych him out or anything and i I, whatever like scott talks a lot about his list building so i don't i don't think it was any big secret but yeah exactly um but like ordinarily in a tournament you don't have time to like sit down for like 30 minutes or an hour and say like here's everything his cards can do on the map that we're going to be playing 
Like yeah. I, I actually diagram, like if I get initiative, I'm going to try to do this. If he gets initiative, I'm going to try to do this, you know, kind of stuff. Which is generally helpful. Like you should be thinking about that on your maps generally, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if you have initiative on Uskru, like what, you know, if let's say you don't have initiative on Uskru, what are you going to do? Which side are you going right. to go to based yeah. on like what they're playing? It's yeah. Great what's nice in this is it's, it's real, right? Like it's a game that matters. You're going to get a point or not yes. for it. And uh, you're, you're thinking about a particular yep. list, a particular player, um, you, you can even think about the yep. psychology stuff of like, well, I know this guy's aggressive, so if I see him move like the anyway, uh, I did a lot of that um, through through my Swiss rounds. I, ironically, the game I didn't do much of that for was against Daniel Taylor because uh, he he uh, sent me a note I think on New Year's Day when I was off work, and basically he had just played his semi game and said like, hey, I won that. Like, when do you want to play? And like looking at my calendar, I sort of said, well, like this afternoon's actually the best for me. So he went off and grabbed lunch, and I like sort of scratched my head and looked down, and we we didn't have a map rolled up because it was the final. Uh, I just knew it wasn't going to be one of the Uskru matches we had just played in the cut. Um, so I basically said to myself, like, if Lothal rolls up, uh, I'll feel better about it. If um, if Tarkin rolls up, I think it's better for him. Um, so I was running mm-hmm. Merc Nine Axe. Uh, I think just real quick, it's efficiency figures. So uh, Hondo, whose like health pool is great versus peers. Uh, Greedo, who's awesome. Hondo, uh, who I like for like running into the end zone for uh, what's yours is mine points. Uh, IG88, of course, yeah, is the yep. big hitter. Uh, two regular Jawas are pawns, and then E Jawa brings in three PO and R two. So. No Gideon, no yeah, Gideon. and I played against Stout once in the tournament, so and it sucked because uh, they just you know pulled pulled away my three PO focus. But you know, ideally, I focus yeah. Greedo round one, Onar round two. Um, Onar's job is sort of to take shots and add uh, get down through round two until I can sort of swing into the offensive. Um, so you know, giving him a focus later is is usually okay. Um, yeah, but uh, but doubt hurts and not having focus hurts. Uh, Hondo, it's worth saying, is like built around not needing focus as much because um, his damage potential is yeah. in his point um, ability and, and his surge is just for plus one damage. Um, so DT, on the other hand, was running a, a kind of janky list. Uh, I think like after the game, he actually said like, well, you know, I had to run the card I designed, which I think is Lion Ambush, and um, I think Dying Lunge is also his. Yeah. Uh, I, I may or may not oh, be right cool. on that. He, he can correct that. But um, yeah, Lion Ambush for sure is. So he was playing Vader, uh, Thrawn, two sets of E-Riots with Lion Ambush on one of the E-Riots, um, and then two officers, and then his upgrades, because he doesn't have room for you know all eight of the ones that Empire likes to take. Um, he had Zillow, and he had Rule by Fear. Uh, I'm, I'm double-checking that against the game log here. Yeah, that's right. So, um, what, so I'd, I, uh, I'd seen one of his games on Uskru and basically watched his riots, like just pincher the Northwest hallway from his deployment zone in rounds one and two and the opponent's zone into, um, Vader had survived a like hunter alpha strike. And basically like, even though Vader was going to die, like he, he had so much health, he had so many like small attacks coming in and the strain starts mattering, uh, Thrawn's burning cards and like sniping. So um it, it's sort of a like high stress list uh the strain matters between force choke and the riots um and it's just tough to kill everything um yeah yeah so this before so we fun. had rolled a map i kind of said to myself like i'm i'm not willing to try to kill his vader um because because if i fail to do it like the game is done and so i i, I said like how do i count to 40 yeah. otherwise uh, basically said, if I kill the lion ambush riots, if I can do that within a round so he can't reinforce them, uh, that's seven points because you get three plus three plus one for the upgrade. Um, so if I can get that whole activation plus another riot, that's ten points. If I can get Thrawn plus Celebration off, that's ten points. And then if I can find twenty points of objectives and officers, that... Um, you know, and or like the other riot and a reinforced riot or two, like that's going to be my, my path to the victory. Um, and I, I had been winning a couple of my games on time with a sort of like outlast thing. And since his Vader isn't an unshakable Vader and his attacks are smaller attacks and I've got like seven figures who might roll a dodge, um, 
and then IG with an innate block, hopefully with, with some stacked evades, if I can position well with 3PO and Onar. Um, I felt like maybe I could outlast him. Uh, so I kind of asked DT about that. I said, you know, we actually played through most of round one with no timer. Um, and I kind of said, we forgot to set this. And he kind of said, like, we're, we're just going to kill everybody. Like, the final, finals always have a longer timer anyway. And I, I kind of just laughed and I said, okay. Um, yeah. Still almost got to 40, but uh, I'll tell you more about that. So, yeah, basically, like, that, that was my wow. game plan, was to ignore Vader, find 20 points plus 20 points in figures and objectives. It would have been a lot harder on Lothal, um, but there would have been better positioning for me. And then um, we wound up rolling up Rogue AI. So uh, the good news there is I've got a lot of activations to scamper, and there's a lot of points on the board if you go tag the AI thing over and over again. Um, the bad news was there's nowhere to hide from Vader. There's nowhere to hide from the riots and, uh, he, he can deploy to either zone with his lion ambush guys. Uh, one fun side note, like yeah. I think if we'd rolled up Lothal blitz, um, if I understand the rules, right, DT could have played lion ambush on an officer to be able to start with both sets of riots, just wherever he wanted. Cause you, you apply the upgrade after you've, uh, yeah. Or like as you put your list down, I, I think is how that works. Like you don't have to keep it on the same unit game by game. I don't know if that is true. We'll have to. Well, we might have to do some digging on that one. We we didn't play Blitz. It didn't come up. But uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, I got initiative on the roll, which was nice. Uh, took the exterior side. Um, people have talked a lot about that. I I do think it's a little better for hunters. Although yeah, the inside gives you lots of opportunities to not get shot. Um, so, um, yeah, round one, he basically left his, um, he, he moved everybody kind of into the area by his terminal. Um, he left, uh, kind of le- left the top door open, but, but walked away from it. Um, and so I wound up opening both doors, focusing up Greedo. He passed me a couple times and eventually, um, I took my focus Greedo, ran him through the red center point for, you know, to set off the AI stashes. Um, and I tucked Greedo like into the corner, around the corner of the hangar. So sort of a forward position. Uh, there wasn't really any way to get Greedo back, like hidden out of line of sight. And I figure, well, you know, if you want a figure exposed, it's Greedo. Um, DT wound up using his officers to push Vader like all the way down to the bottom of the hallway. Like bottom as Tarkin is laid out on Vazel. And so he got a force choke off on Greedo in round, and then an end of round force choke on Greedo, Ooh. and like had had every possibility of just choking him to death um, at the start of round two. Wow! Uh, which which maybe is not an optimal like use of Vader, but yeah. it's it it is a feels bad way to lose Greedo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we um, yeah we we played uh, through through round one. I think I got eight or ten AI points, um, like eight, eight or ten points total out of four or five stomps, uh, which was great. Like that, that was kind of what I needed to do, right? I was trying to count to 20 plus 10 plus 10. Um, and uh, it, it, it was great that like, uh, it, was, it was great that Vader was not uh, coming at me. Uh, it was great to see Vader like far away. Um, you know, it let me sort of tuck IG and Hondo and Onar into the middle of my, uh, terminal area, um, and, and, and not really worry about being exposed. So, um, I, I, I played round one with an eye toward his, what his rights could do if they did deploy into my deployment area. Um, but basically assumed like they're going to be able to swing at something. I'll just hope it's a Jawa kind yeah. of, kind of was the idea. Um, and I think actually one one thing I played a little bit aggressively that maybe wasn't the best um, was I sent Onar across the top at one point to snag uh, points, I think. Um, so Onar was a little bit forward, like towards his deployment area, which was kind of okay um, because I, I wanted to go in there and kill Thrawn at some point. Um, but it made it, uh, it made it kind of tough for... Uh, for, for Onar to find a safe harbor, like, in round two. Like, basically, the riots were going to be able to, like, activate, de- deploy and come at him no matter where I put him. Sure. So that was an odd source of pressure. Yeah, okay. So end of round, DT had scored two. I, I had scored eight. Yeah. Uh, start of the round, DT went with Thrawn with his activation. Um, he got my blaze of glory there. 
Ooh. Um, yeah, not not a not your favorite thing to have. He he pulled tough luck um, first round with Thrawn, so that was sort of fine. I mean, not great, not terrible. It, tough luck's a great card to have against a Vader end of round roll uh, or a Eriya um, professional reroll. Uh, so he could kind of reroll with impunity, which was not great. Uh, by this point, I had drawn into Toxic Dart, Brace Yourself, Negation, Celebration, Reflexes, uh, Tools, and Set for Stun. So I had a lot of little toys. I didn't have like a, you know, the Assassinate and um, I didn't have On the Lamb. Uh, but so Thrawn went first, shot Onar, hid behind some body blockers, um, did seven damage to Onar, which, which was a lot. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and he and he had killed Blaze. So that was a pretty good Thrawn activation. And then he was like tucked into his hallway. So if Onar went in, he was gonna get um hammered for it. Um it did give me enough time with Greedo to like run across the hangar side point, pick up some points, and hide Greedo away on my side. Um, you know, I counted four plus one plus one to get Greedo away from where E Riots could deploy and come after him. Although, you know, if, if they come after Greedo, that's sort of fine because he'll shoot him back. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, somewhere mid-round two, I decided I had an Onar problem because two, it felt like two riot attacks could do the eight damage, um, especially if I which, didn't strain cards. Yeah, Which is definitely the case, right? right. Like it's going to be hard for him to survive eight damage. Yeah. So, so my target selection, I, I, could run, I could rush to an officer that was body-blocking Thrawn, and then I could either shoot Thrawn, shoot the officer, or I could just shoot a, a riot token at full health with its block. So uh, the, the riot was not worth going for because he would. Re- I'm assuming he'll reinforce it, right? He's got seven cards in hand, and um, it, they're, they're like hidden in his hallway. So like that, that's worthless to me. Um, so instead, I b- before the lion ambush guys could deploy, uh, I rushed to Onar at the officer, um, moved him out of the way, and shot Thrawn, knowing it was not going to be a kill shot, um, but like wanting to put some damage there so that Hondo or IG could, could get off urgency or something later and, uh, yeah, right. Go for that celebration kill. One nice thing about putting damage on Imperial figures is they don't have the rebel like heart of freedom or hour of need. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. Yep. Um, I kept scoring points with Jawas. Uh, I also toxic darted Thrawn. He strained a card. I think he strained his negation for it, which was nice to see go. Um, and Onar did five, and then Toxic Dart was weakened, right? So that was nice. Uh, DT started sending officers at Onar, which just hurts, right? Like, Onar had rushed, so he's eight damage on him now. Uh, the officers were yep. rolling three and four over and over again. Um, Jawas were picking up points. Um, 3PO wound up focusing my E-Jawa because I didn't have a better target. He, he was positioned with IG for the defensive capacity and... Um, yeah, not anything else. So DT used riots to kill the Jawa, uh, started putting them up toward the north side. Um, basically, I wound up using Hondo and IG uh, to go up north where his two E-riots were, basically thinking, I can wipe out this whole activation. So Hondo shot one, and I'm not trying to kill them. I'm trying to set them up so uh, IG can double tap them. Okay. Right, because my goal is not to have IG kill Vader. It's to have IG kill everything else. Yeah. And Blaze of Glory is now gone, so... Uh, I figure I'll move IG north, um, Vader's far south, and uh, you know th- that'll sort of be fine, right? Like, it, 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 I, I just need ID to not get killed by Vader and to do some work in the meanwhile on uh, counting to ten and then counting to ten again. Um, and I'm up to like sixteen objective points, so I'm I'm on my way to my like win condition. Um, DT cleared Onar. Yeah, and I think I can actually remember the rest of the game. So Vader winds up playing Urgency, walks all the way back to his deployment area so that he can get an end-of-round shot on IG. Okay. Um, so Greedo, like, yet again lives. Like, Vader could have gone through the hangar stash point, which had a, had the AI, the AI at that point. Wow. Force-choked Greedo around a corner and, you know, four free points. Uh, instead, Vader walks up to swing at IG, which I feel great about because I've got um, brace yourself in hand. Okay, so I get I get my janky card off, um, and and the attack uh, does all of like three damage, and yeah. I think he, he spent a Thrawn token on it, right? Yeah, so, that feels really uh, good. Yeah, so that that's like my list doing what I hoped it would do. Um, Sure enough, we go around the start of the round. Uh, he tries to take initiative. I negate it. IG starts up, kills both riots, uh, moves a little ways away from Vader. Um, Vader comes in, hits IG pretty hard. 
Um, but I, I've, I've got the points I wanted, right? So I've got the seven points out of the lion ambush riots. Um, and uh, we, we kind of are, are a little bit like um, staged for Vader to, to swing at IG at the end of the round. Um, it, you know, because IG's activated, he's stuck on that spot. Vader's right next to him. Vader has taken no damage. Um, I wind up having my regular Jawa set for stun Vader, which feels great. Um, that is a great feeling. Yeah, um, but Vader had already hit IG pretty hard, so his his other riot was able to kill IG with death blow. Um, so, like, fair enough. Too bad. Like, it, it got DT up to some pretty good points. Um, he he, I think was up to like twenty five or twenty seven then. Um, but at least Vader is not going to swing end of round. Uh, at that point, I made a critical positioning mistake, right? So Hondo, oh. Hondo's within five of his uh, deployment zone, and Thrawn, is, Thrawn had come up to... Maybe Thrawn had also helped weaken IG, but Thrawn had come up to take a shot, so he was gettable. Uh, and I've got urgency in hand, so basically I'm thinking um, Greedo can't quite get to Thrawn, but Greedo can go kill a riot, which is three points. Um, I need to pick up two stashes or a stash plus what's yours is mine points from Hondo, and I need to kill Thrawn plus Celebration, and I've got it. Wow. Um, right? Like, I, I could count to 40 from where I was and in spite of what DT had done, and he, he did not have the kill points uh, to get me that round. Uh, he was going to wipe out everything, but uh, he couldn't quite get me. Uh, his officers chipped damage onto Hondo, and he stopped when Hondo was at 6, which I didn't really think about, but uh, looking back, basically he, he was lining up Hondo to be force choked by Vader to death. So um, one of his officers had come up and kind of floated in front of his deployment area, and Vader was tucked into the, the corner northeast of the yellow stash. Um, I wind up moving 3PO to the bottom stash, pick up two points. The token bounces to the yellow one, which is right above where Hondo is. So um, my Hondo move, as I play it, uh, winds up being, I, I use urgency, step him one north first to pick up the stash points. And then I move him six uh, into uh, DT's deployment zone. Um, and and I, I've got a shot on Thrawn, who, who's like in front of his body blockers at this point. I'm pretty sure I got the kill on Thrawn. Maybe not. No, I, right, that's what happened. I, I did not get the kill on Thrawn, uh, but I put damage into him. Uh, DT had played second chance on him. That's what happened. So I, I, I shot him through second chance. Uh, Thrawn, Thrawn lived, but I, I had guaranteed take initiative because his negation had been burned to strain. So all I have to do at this point is sit IG in his deployment area, uh, take initiative the following round and kill Thrawn and celebrate, and I'm going to have enough points. Wow. Uh, because Greedo had gone, well, Greedo hadn't actually gone yet, but Greedo was going to get uh, a riot. What I, the mistake was there was a square that I didn't see that would have blocked line of sight from Vader to where Hondo ended up in his deployment zone. Okay. Uh, and Vader was able to force choke end of round, and I just forgot that he can do that through stun. So if I had remembered that, um, I would have looked for a square, and the square was there. I, sure. I reviewed the log file, and um, I think D DT had activations up. He could have tried to kill Hondo with an officer, um, but like that's fine, right? Like th those are odds I would roll the dice on to try to win a game against Daniel Taylor, right? Like um, I didn't have Lamb, I, I didn't have any other defensive uh, jank at that point. But if if Hondo dodges or if he rolls block evade, it's really hard for the officer to have enough there to kill him. So, like you know, coin toss odds. I, I don't know. I haven't crunched the numbers, but um, that would have been the the uh, result. Wow. That's it. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's a uh, feels bad way to lose, but it's also, it's nice to know that like, it was that right. Like, yeah. So there, that, that was kind of where, where I made my biggest mistake. Um, the other thing that happened to that round was I shot an E-Riot with Greedo, which was the other three points I needed. Um, you know, I had heightened reflexes in hand. Um, I think I had maybe tools or assassinate, um, but like, yeah, so I, I killed the riot, but I did it from within three squares and he dying lunged me and killed Greedo back, which oh. <laughs> it, like it, it didn't actually matter, but it was a stupid thing to do, right? Yeah. Like Greedo loves to shoot melee figures who can't shoot back, but um, not counting dying lunge, is just a dumb, dumb thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, so like the big, the big story is like Hondo would have, um, Hondo definitely would have, if Hondo had lived through an officer attack. He definitely would have had initiative and first activation to try to kill Thrawn, who had, he would have had 
second chance, you know, two hit points on him at, at the end of the, uh, or at the start of the next round. Um, mm. And I would have had celebration. And again, his negation's gone to strain. So like th- there were the 10 points, right? There was the path to victory. And um, instead, like at the end of round uh, three or whatever it was, I'm sitting there and DT goes, okay, so Vader will choke uh, Hondo for the kill. And I kind of like stop. And I'm like, well, and I realize like I have no cards in my deck. Like I can't take a strain as damage. Hondo's at six. Like, you know, there, there's no even discussion of on the lamb, which wasn't in my hand anyway. Like it's yeah. just force choke. And, um, and I kind of stopped and I'm like, well, does he have line of, Oh, like, I, like I kind of like checked everything. I thought like, he's just totally right. Like this. And yeah. Uh, so at that point I'm sitting at like 30 points, right? I, I'm, I am those 10 points away. Uh, and I've got R2 up and I've got three PO up and like one Jawa who are, who are not going to have any shot at like running, you know, 10 points of AI stuff before, uh, DT gets the last two that he needs. So, yeah. Uh, so we called the game because my, you know, everything was done. Um, but I, I just, it, it was surreal. Like I just thought like I, but I, ha- but whoa. The thing that I have found myself forgetting often is dying lunge, right? Like counting space. Yeah, right, right, it's right. It's one of those things that you just kind of kick yourself about, but it's like, okay, well that's something I can learn. Right. And if that's, what's deciding my games, that's something I can fix. And then you're going to win. Right. Like, so yeah, right. Uh huh. Right, awesome. right, right. So Ben, with that being the case now, let's, what I kind of want to do is, uh, let's have some concluding thoughts on your list in terms of how you think it fared. I, I know I'm sure you played Spectre in your Swiss rounds. I haven't listened to his recording. Yeah. yeah. That's why like I'm asking these. Um, right. right. But, um, so just give us like a general idea in terms of your list. And then I want to do some other quick meta discussions before we wrap things up. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I actually only played against Spectre once and it was against Fabio and it was like, it, he's an Italian player and we did it like, Friday at like seven thirty or eight thirty his time like after dinner and I, I don't think it was his optimal time to be gaming um, and he was also new to Specter Cell like he forgot Brash at least twice he forgot mm. Kanan's reroll like he and, and and I sort of I don't know like we were well we were into the cut round at that point so I like wasn't going to remind him of stuff um, sure I, I did remind Mark of like hiding a ranger or something because it's a mandatory effect once or twice but like. I, I felt bad for him, but he also was sort of like, you know, I, I haven't played Spectre until this tournament. And I thought, well, these are going to be the hard knocks to teach you, I guess. But yeah, that's I don't like I don't think there's anything wrong about that, right? Like sometimes, you know, if, if it's a learning training game, right, you can be right, like, right. Hey, don't forget about Brash. But yeah, yeah. What, what was remember. what was intimidating about it was like I was sitting there sweating off and thinking like Ezra's about to Brash over here and kill this guy, or and then Ed, Ezra would stay there, and I thought like, well, he he's got some damage. Maybe he's like trying to stay near Kanan for the reroll, but. Um, you know, it, it, that wasn't the case. So, like, uh, I, I kind of got away with stuff uh, versus, versus his list. But, um, yeah, Spectre is a hard puzzle. I'm, I'm not sure my list just beats it straight up. Um, wh- one of the questions I went into the tournament wondering about is, like, it, it, nine activations was great when I played against Isaac's Han Ranger 8-act because Han yeah. Solo doesn't have a free hand to do whatever he wants. Yep. Um, I wasn't sure the nine acts matter other places. Like against DT, uh, there, there's five acts in his first round, and he do, he doesn't care; he just passes, right, and then does whatever he wants to do. Um, and in the second round, like part of the strength of Lion Ambush, which should be underlined, is um, it flips the possession arrow because you can pass as long as you've got figures that can pass, like Vader. Um, and then once you're at even activations, all of a sudden you add Lion Ambush back, and you've got another one. Um, which I didn't like think through before playing against the card, but uh, it's part of the strength of that card is as long as you, you know, in the second round have the ability to pass a bit, which, which makes sense of DT's like fairly passive first round. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't have any figures at risk, so he just passed until we were even and then we played through things and then, you know, Vader gets to go last if he wants or, or Thrawn or whatever you want to do. So that that is nice. That is very nice. Um, I think like a Vader list is probably the only list that can get away with that. Um, but, but it was something to think about for me. Mm. Uh, Metal wise. I don't know. Uh, playing against doubt was, was a question mark for me because I only had the one focus. Um, it, it didn't matter a lot, partly because, you know, I, I was, I was playing the list defensively and when you play defensively, the point count stays low and you try to, you try to survive to time with more meaningful exchanges. Um, 
and I know a lot of people think that's not really Imperial Assault if you don't kill everything, but, uh, like, I don't know. It's a very real part of the game, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it's interesting to play Hunters that way because basically what Hunters add to that equation is, um, you know, you play sort of the conservative side of the game, and then if your opponent extends to get you, you punish them for it with the Hunter firepower. And IG and Onar are both frontline figures, right? They, the Relentless Surge or Onar's um, damage surges need them to be close. Yeah. Uh, Greedo can snipe a bit, um, but a lot of times you do want to dive bomb him in for an exchange yeah. that you want. Because the second he loses his focus, his ability to snipe is actually yeah, way down, very, yeah. very curtailed, right? Yeah, so, if you're running you him with want... Hera so that you can reliably add three accuracy, there, there's something there, but... Sure. Uh, if you're sniping with Greedo, like you're playing a weird game, so yeah, yep, great point. Um, it, so like I don't know in my in my game against um, uh, Matt Pinkard, it's in the it's in the other episode, but like I, I exchanged Onar for an E Claw at one point. Like end of round, I moved Onar eight to his terminal. Uh, I, I had negation ready if he took initiative, slammed or, or rather rushed the E Claw away from three PO and killed it because I was I was terrified of Strat shift the whole game. Yeah, uh, in a hunter mirror, and like that for for me, like the that was my favorite way of running the strategy of the list because my my goal is trade this six point figure for his six point figure, orphan a few cards in his hand, and then like have him spend his whole firepower that round shooting Onar down, uh, and then at the end of the round I will use IG, hopefully have Blaze by then, which I think I scomped that game. Uh, and then you know I'll, I'll run Hondo into his deployment zone, get my points, and I'll run IG over and kill something. And um, so that was like the optimal strategy. Like th- that was where the strategy for my list played out best. Um, and and mm-hmm. being nine X over Isaac's eight was uh, to the to the strength of the list. Um, against DT, it felt really hard. Like there was there was a ro- there was a road to forty, but if we were playing on Lothal, there wouldn't have been. Um, yeah, because he would have killed stuff way faster than I was able to pick up one point uh, end of round tokens. So. So have you thought about have you have you played more of a point manipulation in terms of you've got Hondo, you've got Celebration? I assume you do. You have price on their heads in your list? No, I don't. Um, I, is that just like not the strategy? Like, is the strategy more of just like play defensive, hold less activation, yeah, and yeah. just more take advantage of like point swings when you can get them as opposed to like my strategy is banked on i'm going to get 16 points off of things like price on their heads objectives blah 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 and then you don't have to pull very much yeah i mean like really through swiss rounds i I was not trying to count to 40 i was i was trying to count to like opponent plus one right um yeah uh and and it kind of worked i mean it, it paid off i got to 40 a couple games um because i guess you you've got a one two punch right like if you if you draw your hunter cards and you're able to kill stuff you can count to yep. 40. Um, if you don't draw them, uh, then I think you you hang back, you you use your activation advantage, you use the Jawas as body blockers and pawns, um, and then you, you sort of try to get meaningful exchanges and go to time. Um, yep. And, and the, the thing to say about playing to time is, like, you, you just have to be sportsmanlike about not slow playing, right? Like, sure. Um, in my game with Scott, we we both sort of had this moment of like we've got a minute left in the round. We both wanted to go another round, so we just kind of hustled through like Vader's end of round attack. Um, sure. And, and Scott actually, if he'd hummed and hawed and and let ninety seconds run, uh, would have won with an end of round Vader like kill if he'd wanted it. So, um, but we we both sort of knew that that was too much time to just sit there. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's like the. Uh, I, I guess for me, the, the flexibility of the list is it, it can it, it can survive and outlast, and then like celebration helps you swing points, and Hondo's "What's Yours Is Mine" helps you swing points. Um, yeah. Actually, against Scott, Hondo got, got basically secured the win for me because he he killed Pal. Pal dying lunged Hondo in the upper hallway of Uscrew, and Hondo ran away with uh, on the lamb because Pal can't parting blow. Um, and then Hondo had enough movement points left over from his move action to like tuck around the corner where Vader couldn't force choke him. Mm. Um, so yeah, like uh, I, I played a lot of games where I was trying to position Hondo to like run in with on the lamb. Um, I tried it against Mark's ranger activation in one game, but like it, I, I had to use on the lamb on the first shot. And if, um, you know, if he if he'd had two more rangers to shoot at me with the Hondo was just going to die there. Yeah. So Hondo had to like retreat in that case, but, um, 
Yeah, there, there's a lot of flexibility around the points. Um, I, I really like what's yours is mine. Like that's my favorite way to swing four points. It's such a cool, it's such a cool yeah. card or such a cool play. And, and I, the, the other thing I would say is I, I think celebration is better synergy with Honda than let's make a deal. Yeah, um, let's make a deal is great when it works, but like it's man. great when it works, right? But it's you, you're you're giving up points, you're saving a figure, right, but right. it's like. The question is, is like, shouldn't you just play in a way that like you're not? Yes, exactly, Honda, exactly, right? exactly. So, yeah, totally, the, the use case means you've already made two or three mistakes, yeah. um, and and had a little bit of bad luck. So, uh, and again, Honda doesn't make a lot of the focus. So, yeah, that's a great point. Now, in the case of so thinking about this prospectively, right? Like as we see how the rest of the regional season unfolds, what are you thinking about playing? Uh, I'm dropping this list. <laughs> you've, and you've given like some good reasons as to why in terms of its finickiness. Obviously, you played it very well, made it to, we had a good field, a great field in the Vassal tournament. Yeah, so yeah. You did well, but it seems like it was a lot of effort, right? And not it didn't seem like the payoff was like, oh, I've got an immediate payoff with all of these things, right? Like you had to like really earn it on each of your wins. So what right, do you think right. about moving into yeah, well, I think the other like the other comment on what you're saying is uh, it, the list worked well in this setup because I really could like prep for an hour for each game and think like the, the list has an incredible bag of tricks, right? Like the, the tool set in the list is really good, and maybe I could polish it up and, and run it in a regional, um, but I don't, I don't, I feel like it would take a lot of reps. Yeah, uh, and, and I've not solved Spectre with it, so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, I ran Spectre today with Micah Crosley, who's prepping for a regional, and um, I, I was surprised at how intuitive and, and easy it felt. So, yeah, isn't that awesome? Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like all of a sudden, you know, like I, I drive a Prius, and like every once in a while, like uh, w- one time I, I was driving across Nebraska with a buddy, and he had like a company Audi that he was yeah. he was driving, and so we stopped for gas, we switched drivers, and I thought like, oh, this is what a car can feel like. <laughs> ah, oh, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I totally get that. Uh, yeah, so like uh, Spectre feels a little bit that way, right? Like, yeah. uh, man, that's a nice stat line. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like, I, I wish I wish I could have a ten health figure that could survive three attacks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I I don't know if I'm quite that charmed with it. I I like the idea of Han Ranger's mock still. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I took it to Worlds. I think I could polish that up a little bit. I, I think Han Ranger's Monk has a lot of the same tools that uh, the 9-act IG list did. Yep. Um, I, I mean, i probably get it to 8-acts with balance or something instead. But uh, you're, you're overactivating Spectre. You're overacting uh, Imperials. You're, you're probably, depending on where Sabine fits, you might have more activations than Scum Point Hunter lists with Job and Sabine kind of clogging up their most of them their build are, Most of them are clocking in at around 8, but some will be at 7, right? Like Right, right. Very and if, if you're even at 8, that's fine because you've got spy control yeah. and, um, yeah. Uh, what I like about Rangers as a deployment is um, losing one to Spectre um, doesn't hurt you as badly as, like, a Spectre double tap on IG does, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and and you can position your you can spread out rangers pretty well to avoid like unshakable vader or spectre cell double taps. Um, one thing I was really tracking through the tournament is there are so many um, single activation attacker lists right now. Uh, like you're not seeing equays, you're not seeing e jets. So like body blocking is huge. Um, so a rebel list with a couple smugglers in it. You if, if you position in round one properly, you probably are going to be able to like stop certain shots from coming in mm. um gotta be careful of like grenadier and things but uh or, or palps force lightning sure. but sabine's grenade i mean they're, they're dracada right like yeah. there's plenty of area effect stuff right now but um it, it's interesting right like you you can block line of sight and and on some of the big maps or even on tarkin like there are squares you can put a jawa or a smuggler that just block line of sight into the whole deployment zone until somebody deals with it yep it's amazing um and it and it's nice in the single activation attacker list that, like, when they deal with it, you're going to have a turn to respond, yep. right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's lots of stuff to say out there. I mean, comms disrupt. Uh, th- there are single point cards that matter again. Yep. Um, negation. I mean, negation always has, but like pummel and strength and numbers inspector yep. are force, a big deal. And like, yeah, right. Force, but and then like rebel graffiti or force C are cards that are worth like double negating. Yeah. I mean, I, I would drop comments to drop on one of those probably. Absolutely, so. absolutely. 
the the problem with spies is like Spectre doesn't care, right? Like, and, and I, I feel like the field is going to be twenty five to fifty percent Spectre at a given tournament, or at least you need to play in a way that it could be, right? I agree. Um, I think that the problem is like with spies versus Spectre is if you're able to pull like spies really pull down your offense, right? Because you're dedicating points, resources in both your command deck and your deployment yeah. to, you know, these spies. But if they're not able to get rid of a card like on the lamb or, yeah, and it, it can't just be like, like a lower value card. Like you need to be able to get rid of a good high value card with these spies or they're just not worth it versus Spectre. Yeah, versus yeah. Spectre, right? So. Well, and even Spectre, like on the lamb is not the end of the world for them. No. Like assassinate if they're running it or tools is not the world for them. Yeah. I, not a lot of Spectres run assassinate, but um, yeah. They've just got so many things, right? Like that's, it's more about controlling their hand in terms of controlling their options. Not that yeah. like, oh, yeah. I needed this card in order to win the game. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I've thought a little bit about whether uh, Shadow Ops with Mach is a, is worth doing again. Um, it, it's his personal command card. It costs three. You know, it's an action to shut down all of the opponent's command card use for the round, uh, yeah. which is great, right? Like that that stops hunters pretty cold. Uh, it stops strength and numbers out of Spectre Cell. Trouble yeah. is, like if you're playing it at the start of a meaningful round, you've you've just passed activation advantage back to your opponent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Spectre's, like, sitting there so that they can strengthen numbers, pummel you. They don't really care after that. They're, they're, like, oh. they're like, all right, you saw my command cards. Okay, I'm just going right, to right, attack right. you. Like, you what know, command cards? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out. So I'll be running I'll be running uh, Mock tomorrow at our tournament. And we're going to have a lot of Spectre. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see how it works out. Thus far, I've been pretty lucky with my spies and, like, being able to kill on the lamb and then kill Ezra or, you know, things like that. But... I'm not I'm not super sold. So I mean it kind of depends. If if the field if I knew the field was gonna be twenty five to fifty percent Spectre, I probably wouldn't take Mac. Just because it's just yeah, right. it, it pulls you down enough and there's other things that you can do. So I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, for sure. Talking. I mean I, yeah, I think uh well this is probably what you're doing. Like I, I think a box list with Mac has some options because you're you've got a way to survive a big Spectre swing. Yes. Um That's the plan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll see. Um yeah, we'll, we'll get some observable data there. That's exactly right. Um, there's other stuff that's out there that I think is interesting. Uh, Gideon's personal card, take it down. Um, like that, that's sort of a non-Spectre cell way to uh, get uh, you know off-action attack from like Dracotta or Han or somebody and add two damage to it. Um, it's an action, three cost, choose an adjacent figure, that figure may perform yep. an attack, add plus two damage to the attack results. It's something like yeah. that. Right, right, right. So, I mean, you know, like, imagine that, right? Like, Vader runs in, and Drokata's activated, and Vader's ready to end a round swing, and then all of a sudden, Gideon, who's standing right there, focuses Drokata and has Drokata take a shot with plus two damage, right? Like, yeah. that's that's a big, nice little surprise hit, but... Yep. Um, I, I'm not sure, I mean, now I've given it away on the podcast, I'm not sure <laughs> that there's much to it beyond the surprise value, Um because if Gideon's up that close, it's pretty easy to drop him. And yeah. uh, five point black die figure, a lot of people are, are happy to just pick that up now and then. But yeah, 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 it's true. Hmm. I guess we'll. I guess we shall see. It'll be. I'm. I'm really going to wait to see how our tournament goes tomorrow in terms of how how everything shakes out. Matt is going to be running Han Rangers, so I'm really happy about that. I think he's actually going to do pretty well in terms of. Mm-hmm. He's going to be versus specter and i think he has played the match enough to know how to control it but it's gonna be interesting yeah, yeah. and then are I you going, it, are you going to um the kansas regional tomorrow i i'm not uh su- sunday january 6th is a big church feast day uh okay. so i i cannot uh kind of drag in tired sunday morning uh, yeah. after driving back from kansas in the middle of the night so sure but next week is your regional right Next week's the Omaha Regional. Um, yeah, we've got a, a couple people have said they're coming, which is great. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games, which ordinarily is really good at scheduling and communicating and planning this stuff, um, managed to put the Minnesota Regional on the same day. So Classic. Yeah. Um, and with the Kansas one the week before, like all those guys are saying, like, well, I don't know. i got to talk to my family. You know, yeah, like, exactly. I'll be, uh, I'll be kind of gamed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll, I'll have traded in all of my, like, hey, I did the laundry chips. So, yeah, um, I, we know that math. Yeah, like I'm a little like peaked and um, I might have like some real talk with my store owner and say like, do we actually have people signed up or should we move this? Um, Yeah, it's a good idea. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if so, I'll, I'll be talking to all the Kansas guys, making sure that they're not planning to come up. And sure. I think Matt Pinkard was uh, planning to come up, so I'll, I'll check in with him. And mm. like, honestly, I wouldn't mind like playing three or four games with Matt on a Saturday. But like, that's not a it's not a regional, you know. No, no, I totally get that. Yeah, I completely yeah. get that. Awesome. Well, do you have uh, any concluding thoughts for us? Uh, I don't think so. Like Onar, uh, I just want to underline, like it, it is so good to have a health pool instead of a defense die against I like Pierce it. everywhere and heightened reflexes. And, like, like every figure would love to, to have Onar's trade. Um, oh man. So I, he's such, so efficient. He makes your opponent answer really hard questions Yeah, and being able to get one massive attack out of him is often all you need because he's also soaking up so much of your opponent's right, offensive right. resources. So yeah, yeah. it's a great trade. The, the other thing is I feel like um, Tyrants was a well-designed expansion because I think like nine is the new seven in terms of like a figure that's tough to one-shot. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, like stuff that's out there. I mean, even Ezra, well, Ezra with Spectre Souls in eight damage probably gets to seven pretty easily, but, um, or, or, well, Ezra gets to seven easily, but I don't think Ezra gets to nine easily. Um, no. Those guys cap out around eight. Um, and he's not even, like, getting to seven, like, all the time, right? right like, I think right, he's right. getting it, like, 30, 40% of the time with a fixed die. So yeah. that's good, I, obviously. I, I do think, like, Onar plus 3PO with Toxic Dart in your command build as a, as a Merc player, like, being able to toss those evades around, um, mm. like, Ezra reliably will still do five damage to your figure, but, like, the percentages on, like, six through eight drop by about 25%. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's one. stuff out there. there. There's ways to play. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I guess we shall see. We shall see. All right, Ben. Well, we want to thank you for your awesome report. We want to thank you for your Swiss report that you have recorded. I'm sure everyone, including me, will love listening to that. <laughs> I hope so. Good. I wish you luck in uh, drumming up attendance for Omaha. We Hopefully, we can get this thing figured out so we can get maximum attendance. You are going to Worlds, right? Yeah, I've got a got a seat. I got one on the lottery. Felt felt good about it. I'll, it that's always such a mixed bag of emotion. Like you're, you're glad I to be going, and then you start it. hearing about people who can't. And, but um, yeah, yeah, I think that that that'll be good. Um, I've got good friends in Chicago, but I'm also looking forward to hanging out with Slack people some on those days. So oh, that's right. Uh, duh. What I, I keep forgetting that it's going to be in Chicago. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's right. You went to you did your divinity at in yeah. Chicago. My undergrad, and my div, div degree are both from the University of Chicago, which. I, it would have surprised me as an undergrad to learn that they had a divinity school there because it's not it is not a religious campus but no uh, no, no, no. It's formed by the baptists right uh jd rockefeller who was a baptist although there there is like no none of that identity is there anymore sure 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 yeah um that's awesome that's very very cool i might drop into the booth school of business go uh shake yeah. my shake my finger at uh, richard thaler there you go uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have a lot of fun awesome ben well again we want to thank you for coming on yeah no thanks for having me and great to talk and we want to encourage everyone again, if you're a patron, remember to order your Etsy or your tournament kit from the Etsy page that I will put in the show notes. Thanks again, Ben. Yeah, thank you.